Welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Players' Championship tees off this weekend. Coming into the final quarter of the NBA season, Rodgers staying put in Green Bay. The Broncos get their franchise QB. Carson Wentz has a new home. A few more days until Selection Sunday. Who gets in and who will be left out? With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night in Delaware, Ohio, back in Matt's basement in the studio. Uh, yeah, like Colton said, we're going to get started off with some golf here, which always brings a smile to my face because that means hopefully warm weather is right around the corner. <laughs> um, of course, they're playing in some nice weather down there. Palm Valley, the players is in Palm Valley, Florida, on the Sawgrass course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I didn't realize till today when I was doing a little bit more research that. This is the highest prize fund in golf. I, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize yep. that. Twenty million. Twenty bucks. million. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's... Yeah, that was kind of why I, why I picked this. You know, yeah. obviously it's just just another tournament or whatever. But this was kind of the one reason I picked it is just because the purse is the largest of, of any tournament and mm-hmm. it's not a major tournament. Yeah. yeah. But just... being being just another tournament, they do consider that. I mean, they, they would call it, they dub this the fifth major, even mm-hmm. though it's not really. So mm-hmm. I mean, it does still mean a lot to these players. Sure, right, absolutely. Right. Well, and I think the big story. Um, What's up with Phil Mickelson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he said he's uh, his own words is he's going to go away for a while, mm. which probably everybody's happy to hear that at this point because he's not, not uh, fared well in the media recently. But uh, and they're not allowed to release if he's actually suspended or not. The mm-hmm. PGA won't release that information. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like it reading some of the stuff that he is suspended at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if we, you know, we followed it a little bit last, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, he's made kind of an allegiance with the new Super Golf League, I think it's called, or something that's backed by the, um, basically the Arab government, mm-hmm. funding from the Arab government. Um, so, you know, and he's kind of spoken out against the PGA a little bit, and it costs him basically every one of his sponsorships at this point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh you know, yeah, yeah, for them playing, you know, playing in Florida this this weekend. I mean, yeah, you talk about the weather, you know, being decent, but really, it's not looking so so hot. Looking, oh, yeah. looking at the at the weather forecast. I mean, I, I haven't looked at it recently, but as of yesterday, when I looked at it, I mean, we're talking eighty to ninety percent chance of rain pretty much every day, but Sunday. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they are even even able to get this you know All tournament in, or you know how they how they handle handle the situation and it's really not supposed to be i mean by sunday it's in the 50s uh, which i mean obviously is better than ohio winter okay. but still i mean it's not what you proto- prototypically think of, of a florida you know kind of winter or you know tournament and winds are you know up upwards of 20 to 30 miles an hour too so it's going to be some tough some conditions. tough conditions for for the players so it'll be be interesting to see how they how they handle it Matt, what you think? Yeah, I mean, going into this tournament, betting odds, uh, I kind of pulled the top five betting odds out of here. We got uh, number one going right now, John Rahm going off at plus 1,200. He's he's the world number one golfer right now. He's been golfing pretty well, but not far behind him. Uh, at plus 1,300, you got Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Morikawa is plus 1,500. Then at both plus 2,000, you got Roy McIlroy and Patrick Cantlay. Mm-hmm. Looking at those top five, I think I'm, I'd go with Colin Morikawa on this one. Mm. He's got great iron plays, so if the weather's kind of bad, if it's wet, you know, it, that iron play is really going to help, you know, stick stick a couple of those shots that 
you know, you may not get by some of these other guys, and he's been putting great lately. Yes, he has. So, I mean, I, I think this all spells for a great a great tournament for him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like his chances in this thing. Yeah. I, I got to agree with you, man. That's kind of what I was thinking as I was doing some background stuff. You got 47 of the top 50 golfers that are going to be at this tournament. So there, there's the competition's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I look for this to be exciting, and I hope the weather holds out so they can get it in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the – the prize, or you know, the purse being being twenty million. Well, yeah, the, the winner takes almost takes home almost four million. They they you know, if you win this tournament, Ooh. you take home three point six million dollars. That's a good plus, weekend tour. Yeah. Plus another eighty points towards your you know world ranking, which is like you know pretty high when it when it comes to you know winning tournaments and things like that. But you know, I, I was doing a little bit more research, and you know, maybe why they dubbed this thing the, the fifth major is there's so many other things that that golfers get by winning this tournament. Um, you know, if if you win this tournament, you get like a five year exemption on the PGA tours. So like your your pro card, you know, somewhat gets extended for for five years without having to really do anything additional. Um, and, and typically, you know, sometimes that that's it can look like a you know a ten year you know something like that it can take a little bit longer to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you win, you get a automatically three year invitation to the Masters. Uh, three-year exemptions for the U.S. Open and the British Open. And the final one is you get an exemption to the next three PGA championships. So, like, this one, you know, kind of kicks off the season or, you know, know, pretty pretty important one and, you know, can can be one of those things that, like, I wouldn't say scratch golfer, but, you know, just your kind of everyday golfer, you know, could come in and come in as a dark horse, win this thing, and, and be, you know, in, in a lot of those big tournaments to compete for, you know, the, the big the big ones. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of get get started early um, in, in the, you know, the golf season. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how some of the, you know, maybe not your household names do do in this tournament or, you know, the extra incentive behind it, how they how they fare in, in the tournament as well. So And, and last year, this thing was won by uh, Justin Thomas at, Interesting stat on that is there's never been a player who's gone back to back in this tournament. So ever, it's, it's, the odds don't look great for him to repeat. And actually, uh, even further on that stat was the winner I believe has never even finished back in the top ten the following wow. year. Huh. So interesting. It's been an interesting. That interesting is, that is pretty neat. Right. Uh, and and when it's it, that's interesting because they played at this course. They've played at the same course since like 1980. So like yeah. you already know what you're kind of getting or what to expect. So it's yeah, it's interesting that like past winners haven't had much success well because the following it's year, not yeah. like they're changing courses right. at the same time. So yeah, that that is interesting. Hmm. I like um, I was kind of doing a little research like hole to hole and what uh, probably the most famous hole was the number 17 the Island Green mm-hmm. probably the most famous Island Green in, in all of golf and you know you think oh it's a par three you know for these guys this is a this easy is money. easy money but this pl- this hole um, plays almost a quarter stroke over par average mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know for these guys so you know it's a can be won and lost right here. You know, Tigers had his struggles on that hole. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a fun one to watch for me. I like, especially if you go live to a golf tournament, like Colton, I've been, you know, down to Dublin, Ohio there and watched down there several times. And to, to go to a par three where you can see him tee off, basically watch the whole hole without having to move Mm -hmm. to me is kind of cool. Um, you know, that you never lose sight of the ball. You get to see the strike and, mm-hmm. you know, land and stuff. So, to me, the, the par threes are really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, I mean, those seem to somewhat be – some can, can be 
the trickier, you know, even though they're shorter, you know, shorter in length, they sometimes can be the trickiest holes just because of all the obstacles that you got to avoid. They, they somewhat kind of purposely build them to be a little bit trickier, right. even though they are shorter in, in length. Yeah. So, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be a, a fun one, fun one to watch. Yeah, like I said, I just hope the weather holds and they can at least, you know, get the majority of the rounds in. Anyway, right, right. So. <clears throat> yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to the pro basketball. Some NBA news right now. You know, like Colton said, we're about three quarters of the way through the season. You know, the all-star games came and went. You know, teams are kind of seeing where they're at for the late season push. So we kind of went through each one of us and picked our surprise team, disappointing team, uh, who our pick is for MVP and who our pick is to win the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. Colton, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I'll start us off here with uh, kind of my my favorite maybe to, to win the NBA title. And, you know, we've, we've done this segment a, a couple different times throughout the, throughout the year. And, you know, a couple of different times I, 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 you know, chose Golden State, but they, they've kind of fallen back to earth a little bit here. And so I, I'm changing my team up here at the three quarter mark. And I, I think it's the, the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, they were in the NBA finals, you know, were up 2-0 in that in that series, looked real good and then just fell fell apart. You know, the, the Bucks just, you know, ate them alive there in the finals. But you know, it's it's the same team that they that they have. You know, pretty much from last year, they're they're playing real well. Um, and surprisingly, they're they're still playing really well without their star point guard in, in Chris Paul. Um, he's you know out out with an injury right now, and you know expected to potentially get him back. You know, maybe right before playoff time starts. But we'll hope hopefully or you know we'll have him back at least for the playoffs, the start of the playoffs. So you know that that's obviously good news for the Suns. But they've been able to manage it pretty well without you know without Chris Paul there and. You know, I just think that they do that they're kind of, you know, in the top 10 of almost every statistical category when it when it comes to, you know, looking at looking at stats. I mean, mm-hmm. they're averaging almost 114 points a game, uh, giving up only about 106 um, and, they, and they shoot almost 50 percent from the floor. Um, so, you know, every don't time they, they don't they get Devin Booker back tonight, too. He was. Yeah, uh, I think he was uh, maybe in the covid protocols yeah, yeah, or you yeah. know something like that. So, I mean, they've still been able to somewhat manage, you know, even without. Chris Paul and Devin Booker mm-hmm. both, so you know, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome for for the Suns. But uh, you know, they they defend the three point line really well. I, I just really think that the Suns will will make some noise there in the playoffs and and finally you know get it get it done in the, in the finals. All right, Matt, yeah. you want to? Yeah, yeah. So last time, you know, I like Colton. I've been saying Golden State kind of most of the way through this thing, and you know, what? I'm actually going to stick with them. All right. They currently have the third best record in the NBA, at 44 and 22. And Steph Curry showed in the All-Star game he's still the best shooter in the game. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he's on, he's unstoppable. Oh. And come playoff time, he'll be locked in. He'll be ready to go. You got Clay Thompson who's slowly working his way back into form. And mm-hmm. I think come playoff time, he's going to be a huge weapon out there shooting the three ball. Right. And Draymond Green's going to start getting healthy, and he'll be back into action. I just think all that rounding out for Golden State, yeah, they're kind of slumping right now, but – I think once they get all those pieces back together and hitting on on all cylinders, they're we're, get, be tough we're getting to the beat. band back together. Right, right. A lot, a lot of playoff experience yeah, there, right. obviously. Exactly. Playoff and and finals experience. Definitely those a winning three combination guys. with those guys. Absolutely. <clears throat> I like the Suns too, coming out of the West. Um, you know, right now I think Vegas and is giving the Suns and the Warriors both like four and a half to one mm-hmm. um, to win the whole thing. Um, but. I don't know. I, I'm kind of looking at the 76ers real hard right now. I think mm-hmm. the move that they made with Harden, um, you know, is, is given that it's doing what they want for Joel and mm-hmm. B, you know, get freeing him up, you know. So I think I like the I like the finals to be the Suns and the 76ers. 
And I think, I don't know, I just think the 76ers, I, they're, they're really impressing me right now. Mm-hmm. They're sitting at like 6-1, and one, I think, or 6-1 six, six to one odds by Vegas. So I'm going to go with the dark horse here and take Philadelphia as a champion this year. All right. Definitely make for an interesting matchup, though. Yeah. you got some, you know, Booker can, I'm sure he, him and Harden can kind of play off of each other. Right. That would yeah, be right. an interesting matchup. you got Embiid and uh, the big there for the De- Suns. DeAndre uh, Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think that could make for – Really, an exciting series, I great so matchups too. all across the board. Right, yeah, right. I, that's I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'd be good. All right, uh, Matt, well, who you like for? Or you want to go with your uh, MVP next, or you want to do disappointments or surprises? Yeah, we'll go ahead and go with the MVP. And uh, you know, I, I had been going with um, with Kevin Durant there for a while this season, but you know, he kind of hit the injury bug, and he's been off here for a while. So now, really, the guy who stepped up and looks like he's running away with this thing is going to be Joel Embiid. He mm. currently leads the league with uh, almost 30 points per game, go along with 11 rebounds, four assists, one block, and a steal per game. I mean, the guy's doing a little bit of everything. He, he's got the, the 76ers playing like a true title contender. And, you know, th- this could definitely be his year. He, he was on track to win it last year until he got hurt. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that's that happened be the last key, year and then this I mean, year. Staying healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I'll kind of chime in here a little bit. I was kind of leaning towards Joel Embiid as well, but when I started looking at, I mean, I guess you gotta decide what your what your definition of MVP is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if it's for a team MVP of your team, I gotta go with the Joker. Mm, okay. Um, he's leading his team in all five categories: mm-hmm. points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much more can a guy do? I mean, you know, that's so. I mean, if you're looking for an MVP of the team, the only thing that's going to hurt them is, you know, I think the, the they're like what, uh, maybe fourth or fifth, and uh, yeah, they maybe yeah somewhere around there. So you know. you know that that could hurt his chances. But if you're going with a guy that means the most to his team, how can you not pick a guy that's leading in all five categories? Yeah, yeah makes but sense. But I think I think to me it's between Embiid and, and uh, Nikola. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I. You know, with with this MVP thing, I've I've mixed it up every time, and I'm mixing. You know, going to continue that trend. You know, first I had Steph Curry, and then he kind of came down a little bit, and then I had Kevin Durant, but then you know the injury bug got to him, and so for me, I I you know I got I got the the old the elder statesman out there in L.A. as as the as my MVP candidate. Um, you know, and LeBron LeBron James. I mean, he's just just under Embiid uh, in points per game at, at 29.4, but you know, similar to to Jokic. He leads his team in almost every statistical category, and this man is doing it at the young age of 37 years old. He is, he, he he, is carrying the Lakers. I right mean, now. and, and I gotta, that. I gotta say, I mean, yeah, I, I think what's gonna hurt LeBron is the Lakers are not, not very good, yeah. you know, not yeah. very good. But at the same time, where would they be if they didn't have? I mean, how bad they would be? Really, really bad, you know, if right. LeBron wasn't wasn't there. I mean. He had a you know a 56 point game the other night you know um, I think the only player to do that you know at at that age um, and so you know I think he's just doing some spectacular things in in his older you know older age and so I think you know that has to be that has to be appreciated so you know I think I think LeBron you know and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for the Lakers maybe they can move up a few spots and maybe that'll help the voters kind of you know sway their vote a little bit but I think. For the Lakers to do that, LeBron has to continue to to be the animal that that he has been over the last you know week or couple weeks here of the season. So you, you know, I wonder if the voters might take into account though that the Lakers are where they're at. Yeah, because LeBron's playing so well that they're a nine seed, but they're also where they're at as a nine seed because of moves LeBron has you know 
pushed them to make. Mm-hmm. He went out and he he wanted them to get Russell Westbrook, and it just hasn't worked. That's mm-hmm. been a disaster. I, I mean, so you know he he's really he he really built this team. This is all the guys he wanted, mm-hmm. and it's it's not working out. That just to me, it doesn't sound like an MVP. Right. Yeah. Makes right. sense. Okay. Well, I'll start the next segment. I'm going to go with my uh, biggest disappointment. And right now, I got to put that that dubious title on the New York Knicks. Um, this is a team that went 41 and 31 last year, um, and and went and got what they thought were going to be more scorers this year, and, and it's just not working out. Mm-hmm. They're four and 18 in their last 22 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, they lo- they did lose Kemba Walker for the rest of the season. I get it. But there's still some big names on that team. Uh, you know, you got Julius Randle that's leading the team in uh, points, rebounds, and assists. And then R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin. I mean, there's some – A lot of young, young, young guys. Young talent, yeah, but yeah. The, it, it doesn't seem like their young players are improving. Mm-hmm. And I got to put that on Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. I like him as a coach, but – he is too stubborn. Mm. He he sticks with a, a vet, I think, for stretches in games that, you know, a guy's playing bad five or six minutes straight, and he just leaves them in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, I, I, one, I think he's going to be without a job <laughs> after the season's over. Um, I can't put it all on on Coach T, but um, he, he is a stubborn coach. He's, mm-hmm. he's reluctant to change. And they got a they got a mess in their front office, a disconnected front office that mm-hmm. doesn't know how to trade. I don't think, but you know they've already you know obviously not going to make the playoffs and and you know with a ten games above five hundred last year and they're going to be probably at least that many games under five hundred mm-hmm. this year. I got my mis- dis- most disappointing team is the New York Knicks. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I started off this, this year was, was with the Knicks and then. I kind of moved into all of LA in general, and and now I'm just I'm just in LA and the Lakers. They just this team won a championship two years ago, and now they're barely going to make the playoffs as a nine seed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I just don't know what else to say. I, I mean, I don't know. They're they're talking about trading LeBron next year. I mean, this team has just gone from it's a mess. pretty bad much to worse yeah. to, to terrible. I, right. I I don't I don't understand really what's happened here. They've got a lot of talent on that team that's mm-hmm. just not gelling. I don't know if it's the coaches. The front office, I, what it is, but I, I mean, it sounds like they're just going to blow this whole thing up, and it, just, it can't get much worse than it is right now in, right. in LA. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the only option is to try to blow it all up because they don't have any pieces right now that you know that are working. People want to trade for, yeah. you know, to to you know want to go after. So it's yeah, it's one of those things that yeah, you have to somewhat blow up your your core to try to you know get something else, and you know as far as salary cap goes and whatnot. I mean, they're pretty constrained when it comes mm-hmm. to money and things like that. But, yeah, they, they definitely, you know, have, have fallen, taken taken a hard fall here. But, you know, my most disappointing team, and I got to agree agree with Dad, you know, I started out the Celtics were, were kind of my disappointing team through, you know, the first first two quarters of the season. But they've, they've, they've really, really turned around. around. I mean, they're mm-hmm. probably one of the hottest teams in basketball right now and, and, and playing, playing really well. So, you know, something something something's working there in Boston. But, I gotta agree with that. I, I think the Knicks is is gotta be my most disappointing team, and you know a, a lot of things of you know you, you talk about coach you know coach T being you know coach Thibs there being a uh, you know stubborn coach, but he's always been known as, as a, a defensive guy, oh, yeah. and and, yeah. and and it's very evident on this team. They 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 only give up about 107 points per game, which is good for eighth in the NBA, 
but then they only score 105, which yeah. is good for 27th in the NBA. So it's this team, I think, is a very, you know, it's a replica of what Thibs has run into in his previous, you know, previous coaching stops is that he's great when it comes to defense and knows how to get the best out of his players when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. But the offense has not always been there. And, and that's the same thing with with this with this New York Knicks team. And it and it somewhat has to be philosophy because they, they you know, they have some of the, you know, a lot of the same players that they had on that team from last year. And it's it's not working this year. So something something's changed from from year to year. And, and I think it just has to be, you know, coaching philosophy or, you know, some coaching schemes or something that, that's changed. So, yeah, man, Tibbs almost sounds like he'd fit better with a like a football philosophy where <laughs> right. you, could, you could have an offensive court, somebody to call the offense. Right, for right. right. No, you know, I, and I think I mean, obviously, they have assistant coaches and mm-hmm. things like that on their bench. But, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe he just hasn't found the right assistant coach that's, you know, good at drawing up an offense right. or, you know, coming up with kind of an offensive scheme or whatever. But, yeah, that, that's always been kind of his, uh, you know, thing behind him uh, is is great, great defense. Offense not always not always the greatest. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I think the Knicks probably, you know, are going to be rebuilding again or, you know, trying to figure out what, what, what to do because they were confident they had the right team, you know, last year. And then now this year has not been what they what they were expecting. So, yeah. So, all right, well, I'll lead off uh, most surprising well, team. most surprising team. i got to stay in the East and go with the Miami Heat. Mm. Um, they're 44-22, and 22, got the best record in the East right now, and that's uh, with a big run they've had. The last 14 games are 12-2. and two. Um, You know, they got a great starting lineup in Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, T.J. Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. But their leading scorer comes in with the second group and Tyler Hero. Mm. So their leading scorer is not even one of their guys that's out there with the first group. So mm. I found that kind of an interesting stat. Um, and in those last, like I said, those last uh, 12 wins that they've got, two of them were over Brooklyn and one of them was over the 76ers. So they're they're beating some good teams in there too. Now, um, they've not fared well against the Bucks this year. Uh, I don't know what the – what the disconnect is there. Obviously, they'll have to, uh, if they want to make a run, you know, deep in the playoffs, they're going to have to get by the Bucks at some point. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, right now, you know, I think the job that Spolster is doing there, down there is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, you know, my most surprising team, you know, through the first couple of segments was was the Phoenix Suns. But um, for me now, it's, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, I said this at kind of the halfway point. I think the Grizzlies, I mean, Look at them. They're they are you know got a, a phenomenal record. Uh, they're they're first in their division and, and have like the second best record in the NBA. Um, and and we talk about young talent. I mean that's mm-hmm. all this team is is, is young talent. And, yeah. and they've built it through the draft, through you know trades that they've made. Um, you know, and sometimes you were kind of head scratching as to you know why they kept trading for some of these young players. But they've been able to put it all together, and 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 that's you know due to their leader of, you know, in John Morant, who's just, you know, tearing the world up as, as a young, you know, a young guy there. And that's really another dark horse of that MVP mm-hmm, consideration mm-hmm. coming up. Here. Right. They, they, they have a, a 29 and 14 record against, you know, their Western conference opponents, uh, 15 and eight against Eastern conference opponents. So, you know, winning record, obviously, since their overall record is a winning one, but they just do a lot of the, the fundamentals. They lead the league in offensive rebounds per game. They lead the league in steals per game. They lead the league in blocks per game. They're they're just doing a lot of the, the, the fundamentals right. And I think 
by by playing really great defense, that transitions to them playing, you know, getting buckets and easy buckets in transition on the on the offensive end. So, you know, their their defense is leading the offense, and so you know they got to kind of keep that going when it when it comes playoff time. But you know, yeah, this this team is is for real. I think it's going to be real interesting to see how they how they do in the playoffs. And I'm not so sure anybody wants to kind of match up with them in the in the first round. So. Uh, I, like, I like the Grizzlies as my most surprising team. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. So myself, I, I've been saying Chicago all year, and yeah, I know they've come back down to earth a little bit, but I, I, they're still my pick. You know, they they've led the East most of the way this year. They're now currently in fourth in the East. That that is a tight division. You know, oh yeah, a, a, a week of great play on a team, and they could go from fourth to first. It's, mm-hmm. There's no possibility there. But you know, I just I, I don't know. This, this was a team that last year was pretty much blown up. They really, the only player they really kept off of that team was uh, uh, Levine mm-hmm. there, and you know they they put all the right pieces around them, and they're they're playing like a contender. It's, yeah. it, they've really surprised me this year. All right, very good. Well, we're gonna take a real quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back in about a minute. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to move on now to uh, some NFL news. Um, mainly quarterbacks have been in the news this week. Uh, let's start, I guess, kind of with the the biggest one. Um, and the earliest one to come out this week was uh, Green Bay re-signing Aaron Rodgers to a four-year contract. Yeah. 200 million. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after kind of looking into this a little bit more, I think the details are still a little bit uh, to be decided. I mean, that was what was originally reported, but then Rodgers came out and said, nothing. I'm definitely coming back to Green Bay, but no official document has been signed. No no details of a contract have been, uh, you know, negotiated or anything like that. So I think it was maybe a little bit prematurely on, on some of the, you know, the sports sources as to, you know, the details of that contract. Um, man, so I think, th- th- does that mean he wants more or? Holy <laughs> man. No, I, I think, on, you know, from, from what I was reading or what, from what I uh, understood is that yeah, actually he's probably going to take like a, a lower type deal for 2022 to kind of lower the salary cap because, I mean, the Packers right now, as of now, are $45 million over the, the projected cap Ooh. space. And they still have, you know, if they bring back Aaron Rodgers, they still have star wide receiver Devontae right. Adams that they have to worry about that, that is not under contract at the but moment. They, but they didn't put I, I, the franchise tag on him, mm-hmm. correct? I think so. Or that that could be the option that they option, go. Yeah. Um, I think I thought I read that they did put the tag on mm-hmm. him. Well, so. I can guarantee you Rodgers probably wouldn't be coming back if, if they weren't making a move to keep Adams. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I don't think that they he would be coming back if, if the front office didn't have somewhat of a game plan to mm-hmm. – get under the salary cap or cut, you know, salaries and, and promise him that they're going to go after some other pieces or, you know, whatever to surround him because that's been the whole controversy around it is, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not been happy with, with some of the moves that, that the Packers front office have made, you know, one being that they drafted a quarterback a couple of years ago without, you know, 
without really letting him know about it. You know, obviously nobody, you know, wants their, their, uh, you know, the guy to take their job, you know, nobody wants to have their job taken from them. But, you know, that, that was kind of a, a big thing. And then another one was just, you know, not prioritizing going to get weapons for that offense to, to, you know, help him out or whatever. So we'll, we'll see how, how it goes, but yeah, definitely, you know, interesting news because all signs pointed to him leaving Green Bay, getting the heck out of Green Bay. And now, you know, I don't, I, I really, there must have been some real change of heart. There must have been some 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 back alley yeah. stuff. Or Aaron Rodgers just a master of deception. And, <laughs> yeah, and well, doing what he needs to do to get pretty what he shrewd wants. negotiator. Yeah. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, I guess it, it, what thirty seven years old, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I know he's back to back MVP winner. Mm-hmm. You know, had uh, his last this last season thirty seven TDs with against only four picks, but. It, it, is he is he worth fifty million a year? And yeah. will he be worth that when he's forty one? Right, right. Contract? I know. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, uh, I think it's interesting because you know that that is interesting you bring that up because if you look at it, I mean, the Packers in the past three seasons have won thirteen games, so they've won almost forty games in the past three years. They're the only team in NFL history to win that many games and not at least reach one Super Bowl. They, yeah. So we're not even talking that they got to the Super Bowl and they lost. Like they haven't even been there. So yeah. it's like. You know, I just feel like, yeah, it's been one of those things that, yeah, Rodgers has been great in the regular season, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the playoffs, it's like, you know, something happened. I'm not saying it's all his fault or, right. you know, putting it all on him, but, yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, do you pay a 40, almost 40-year-old 40 quarterback $50 million a year or, you know, whatever the number winds up being I mean, we for somebody that has I mean, we Tom Brady did well into his 40s. Right, uh, right. You know, he was probably your runner-up in MVP voting last year, mm-hmm. um, but – you know, and 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 Rodgers has been a healthy quarterback, right? For the and most he's put part. up the numbers. But oh my God! I you, mean, would you say that the number? I guess what's what's more important, Super Bowl wins or or you know your quarterback putting up stats? I rings. Mean, I, I think the front office would say you know putting you know putting a, bring a Lombardi trophy. So right. I just think it, it has been somewhat of a of a disappointment, if you if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so to pay that much money to. Somebody that's only you know one one Super Bowl. I mean, I, I just think that's a pretty tall tall number. But then is that really their own fault? Because you know they they brought in a quarterback with a first round pick that they could have went out and got a receiver and, and more a weapons back to really, right. really yeah. make Tight this end. More, right. even more dangerous than what it has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's lowest interception percentage of all time at one point three percent. Impressive. Yeah. In the best T to interception ratio at four point eight three. So wow. mm-hmm. I mean those are just unbelievable numbers. Right. Um, you know, in, in those two categories, he's head and shoulders above the, the second place guy. So um but yeah, I don't know, you know, fifty million dollars when you're already over to the salary cap is it's a that's a tough pill to swallow for me. Yeah, and I, I think the big takeaway from this is pretty much the Packers I, they might have been regretting that Jordan Love decision, or they're basically saying we don't trust this guy just right. yet. Like yeah. we're we're gonna do yeah, everything. At this we point, can. they got a punt on him. You, right. you got to move him because right. you can't hold on to him for four more years and expect him to be anything at right. the end of that. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Well, and I, you know, and I guess the team that I kind of expected Aaron Rodgers to wind up at signed their quarterback for the future. It looks like and Russell Wilson. Um, so give me your guys' thoughts on that. What a spectacular move by Denver. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they must have had this package really – I think they had it ready for both teams. I think they probably presented it to Green Bay when it was clear that Rodgers was going to stay. Then, you know what, they turned around and they said, hey, Seattle, 
we'll, we'll give we'll, you this we'll great get the package. next best thing, I guess, or you know, maybe the next best QB the, on the market. Yeah, the next guy available. Right. And I'll tell you what, that's a heck of a move for them. It, it's a, definitely a win now move, though. And oh yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, you give up two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder. You're the guy who was basically your starting quarterback last year and Drew Locke, a pretty good defensive lineman and Shelby Harris and a pretty good tight end and Noah Font. Mm-hmm, I'll right. tell you what, that that's a that's a heck of a package to give up for I mean a guy who is a franchise quarterback, but I don't know. I, I think you're really mortgaging your future. If you don't win a Super Bowl next year, I think this is a loss. I mean you yeah. you have to look at it and say, you know, about this time last year, we were talking about Matthew Stafford traded straight up for, you know, Jared Goff. And, you know, look how that played out for, for the Rams. And I'm not saying that that's the, the you know, the blueprint to winning a Super Bowl or anything. But, you know, I, I think it has a lot of the same, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ideas or, you know, uh, rationale behind it. I mean, if you look at this Denver team, I mean, they got the defenses stacked. They, they were clearly one of the better defenses in the league last year. But the big question was they had inconsistent QB play. And, right. and, you know, now you bring in Russell Wilson, who, you know, has, has at times been somewhat unhealthy and maybe not able to stay healthy. But was that because of Russell Wilson's, you know, the way he plays? Or was it because the offensive line at Seattle mm-hmm. was just so bad? Right. And now you come to Denver where, you know, it may not be great, but I think it's a step up mm-hmm. than, than what he had in, in Seattle. And now you add he has – a ton of other weapons on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, he's got a, a plethora of wide receivers and Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutland, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, all, all those guys are 1,000, you know, 1,000 receiving yard type receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you throw a quarterback in there that, you know, has been talked about as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Well, I think Denver's got a real, real chance. The only thing I would say is that their division is so tough. I mean, they got Kansas City, they got Las Vegas. I mean, they they have everybody in that division was borderline you know playoff team except for except for Denver so it just makes makes it interesting that yeah they're they're gonna have to win now but in order to win now they gotta be really really good in their own division so yeah, yeah. well I mean Las Vegas must think it's the blueprint because they went immediately from twenty five to one mm-hmm. to twelve to one yeah yeah and that that's uh, fourth best only behind. The Bills, the Chiefs, and the and, and the Green Bay Packers. The right. Packers have the best odds of winning right now at ten to one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that Vegas must think that must that's the blueprint is bringing in a quarterback. So well, one last thing though that makes this somewhat more palatable for Denver is you got to remember Russell Wilson has I, I believe two or three years left on his contract yeah. and he's only being paid about twenty three million dollars a year, mm-hmm. which compared to that massive contract Aaron Rodgers just signed right. is an absolute steal. So mm-hmm. so I mean. I guess, I guess if you gave up two first-rounders, but you know you got your franchise quarterback for two years. Two or three that, more that, years. That does yeah. make that a little more palatable. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're getting a one-year rental type right. deal. Like sometimes, you know, some of these yeah. big QB trays is, is point, you know, man. they only got one year left. So, like, it is like a win-now type mentality. Right. Like, you got one year, and then who knows if that guy's going to want to re-sign with mm-hmm. the team type deal. But with, with, you know, Russell having a couple years there, it definitely, you know, makes sense that – you know, I, I think they still have the win now mentality, right. but you know the the pressure may not be as high. Let's say so. Interesting, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, and the last QB move just happened today. Um, Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders from the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I, I guess I didn't see this one coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Commanders already have four guys 
on their roster listed at quarter. Actually, they have a fifth guy that's listed as a tight end slash quarterback. I don't know what <laughs> that right. means, but yeah. you got Kyle Allen, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, you got Garrett Gilbert and Tyler Henneke, all listed at you know on the depth chart for the Commanders at QB. And now you bring in Carson Wentz, obviously, you know, odds on to be the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't but think then he's... on the flip side of that, you go to the Colts depth chart. Hey, nobody. Not... One. A sixth-round quarterback in Sam Ellinger, who has never started in the NFL. Yeah, he's second. You know, first year he's a sixth-round pick out of Texas. What the heck? What are what are the Colts going to do for a quarterback? There better be somebody they're eyeing in the free agent market, and they they better have a deal about ready to be done. Well, yeah, because the quarterback, the draft class at QBs is not well, and it's It's not not like they got in return a first round pick. So, like, even if they're thinking quarterback, you know, in this year's draft, they're going to maybe have to pick up. You know, somebody in the later, you know, later round, or well, and they they lost their this year's first round oh, mm-hmm. because of Wentz. They traded this year's first round for, for Wentz, Wentz when last they, year. You know, for the you know when they got the it from Eagles, the Eagles. So, so yeah. yeah, the Colts. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, they must have some kind of game plan as far as you know because Eagles. they they got a. I mean, they got a decent team that that's you know just missed the playoffs last year. I mean, I mm-hmm. think there's still the possibility, but you take. I mean, I'm not saying Carson Wentz is the most elite quarterback. But do you really want to throw a six-round pick out there that hasn't started an NFL game to lead, you know, to lead that team? I'm not saying the guy's not capable, but I think you definitely took a, you know, a hit at, at getting rid of Carson Wentz for for something like that. It makes me wonder though if they're looking looking elsewhere to maybe tr- make a trade, maybe Minnesota, something like that. Maybe Kirk bring, Cousins, bring in Kirk Cousins, something like maybe, that. Yeah, I, th- there's got to be something more behind. You got to have more of a backup plan than a six-round draft right. pick. That, could potentially be your starter. Yeah, that, that was a little concerning to me. So. Yeah, I All think right. I think you know the the interesting thing is that the the Redskins then on top of that, not the Commanders. Oh, Commanders, yeah, <laughs> not the, not the Redskins anymore, or not even the Washington Football Team. Right, anymore. right, the Commanders. Now I guess I got to get used to saying that. Um, but they're going to take on all of Carson Wentz's deal, yeah. all of it, all the money, all twenty eight million of it. So yeah. you're really putting your eggs all in one basket here. I mean. Granted, he I think it may be the last year of of his deal type thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it's you know crazy that they're willing to. I mean, yeah, who who saw this coming for one? And then you know they're yeah putting their eggs in, all in one basket here and, and taking on you know a big amount of money here to you know Carson Wentz has been we we've seen him shown some flashes of, of good play, but he's been but prone he, to he's injury and prone and, and he's he's shown shown some inconsistencies yeah. too. So oh, it's. Yeah. Interesting to see here, but yeah, I think uh, both teams, you know, I think Washington probably comes out a little bit ahead in this one, but the Colts definitely kind of a head scratcher unless there's something, you know, that we we don't know about that they they got in the works uh, to get another QB or something. I just don't know. Jim Irsay Beber working on something up there. Right, right. Over there in Indy because, yeah, yeah, like Colton said, I don't think a sixth-round guy that's never – Started the game in the NFL. Scene. Well, yeah, because now, now you know, even their own players were tweeting about it, like, "Oh, here we go again. We got another QB," and they're not wrong. This is the Colts' fifth. Will be you know, whoever starts next year will be the Colts' fifth starting QB in five seasons. They've had a different QB the mm-hmm. last five seasons, so it's like, how do you have any kind of consistency on the offense when probably the most important position is always changing? So, and they got they got a decent defense there in Indianapolis. But you, you, know, you would have thought in this deal they could have at least had the commanders throw in Fitzmagic or something. Right. You know, so yeah, that's what, exactly what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. Give, me, give me Fitz <laughs> at least get me through, yeah. you know, so I can trade for a guy or, or 
you, you know, know get develop a, Ellinger or right. get somebody in the draft and mm-hmm. start, you know, get, at least give me one season mm-hmm. of, of at a least, rental of some sort. Yeah, at least a, a above average quarterback play to get me through. Right. right, I agree. All right, well, let's move on. You know, we're we're one step closer to my favorite time of the year, mm-hmm. March Madness. So we picked uh, five teams that we think are kind of bubble teams, and we're going to tell you what this panel thinks. I play a little game of in and out here. Let's start with Xavier. Matt, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so Xavier right now, they're 18-2 and two on the season. 18-12. Uh, and 12. Or 18, yeah, 18-12, eight. sorry. Well, <laughs> and 8-11 and in their conference, so right, yeah, right. definitely 18-12. Uh, yeah. They've had two wins against top 25 opponents, uh, and both of those teams are actually no longer in the top 25. They're top 25 at the time they played. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. lost seven out of their last eight. I've yeah. got them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, they yeah. lost six six in a row until they beat Georgetown, Let's and see. everybody's beating Georgetown. Right. So. right, right. So I don't know that you can really say that's a, a good quality win. Obviously right. not. Um, but yeah, I I gotta agree with Matt. I got I got Xavier out at the moment unless they can make some noise here in the in the Big East tournament. Um, you know, when it comes to kind of their quadrant wins, Q one, you know, their quad one wins, they're five and nine. Quad two, they're four and two. In quad three, they're five and one, and then quad four, they're four and zero. Oh. But I think if the committee and, and based on you know what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, if the, if the committee is really valuing quad one wins, yeah, they got five of them, but they also have nine losses right. too. So in in a conference that maybe is not the strongest when it comes to you know ranked opponents and things like that, I just think that they're maybe not going to get as much love either because even some of maybe what you would consider their quality wins wouldn't be quality wins if you're matching them up against, you know, a team from the SEC or the Big Ten or mm-hmm. something like that. So I, I got them out at yeah, the moment. And, and just to refresh you guys, uh, quad one, they consider a quad one win is at home, a win at home against a team that's ranked in the top 30 mm-hmm. or a win at a neutral site against a team that's ranked in the top 50 or a win away against a team that's ranked in the top 75. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, when they start throwing some of those stats out there, I know it can get a little bit confusing. So, so even, um, even quad one on the road doesn't sound all that – it's top 75. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know. But, you know, but they, they're taking into consideration, right. you know, on the road. Tough, type, I mean, I know, and there's, what, 235 yeah. teams? A lot, a lot out right. there. So um, I got to agree with both of you guys. I think Xavier right now is on the outside looking in. Um I got six teams going from the Big East. Obviously, Providence, Villanova, UConn, Creighton. Then I got Seton Hall and Marquette also getting in. So I'm like Colton. Uh, I think they can still get in, but I think they got to go deep. Yeah. You know, you know, deep in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, we want to move on to the next team. Yeah. Then. Uh, next one on the list, I got the the Horn Frogs, TCU. Um, they uh, they had to they had to play Kansas like two games apart like mm-hmm. they played them and then two days later they played them again and they actually split with Kansas mm-hmm. um, they split with Texas Tech this year um, both of their games against Baylor they lost both of their games against Texas they lost they're eight and ten in their conference nineteen and eleven overall so you know they only lost one game out of conference um, and but you know they lost both games to Texas so who do they draw. Texas, Texas in, the first, in the first round, you know. So, but right now, I I got TCU getting in. I I like I like them getting in right now. I think, you know, 19 wins in a in a tough division down there, tough conference down there is enough to get in. 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree. I got them, I got them in at the moment, and you know, you kind of touched on it. They got you know big wins against you know Texas Tech and and Kansas. Mind you, both those games were at home. They were playing at home, both mm-hmm. of those. But you know, those are still big, big wins. Um, you know, and uh, I, I just look, you know, at their quad, you know, kind of their quadrant record. You know, Q one, they're six and seven. Q two, they're three and four. Q three, four and zero, oh, and then Q four, they're six and zero. Oh. So. You know, they got a little bit better, you know, quad one and quad two record than, you know, what we talked about with Xavier previously. And, and two, I think, quality big wins against, you know, Baylor or against Kansas and, and Texas Tech. So, at the moment, I like I like uh, TCU to, to get in. I would like to see them win a, a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament to really solidify that choice. Yeah, I, I'm with both of you for all, a lot of the same reasons. You know, like I said, I've, I've kind of pared these down to – when they played the opponents, where were they ranked in the top 25? And in four, four of their games against top 25 opponents, they, they went in one. So mm-hmm. to, to me, that's, that's pretty impressive, and I, I got them in. All right, awesome. All right, very good. I like that. Uh, all right, next one on the slate. Matt, we'll let you get it started with this one, and, and that's the Miami Hurricanes. The Miami Hurricanes are 22-9 and nine on the season, 14-6 and six in conference. Uh, but at the time of play, they've only got one top – win against a one top 25 opponent. Um, I still think with 22 wins in, in a conference that they're in, I, I think that's a that's a, a definite in. But I, I'm a little leery on that one one win against mm-hmm. top 25 mm-hmm. opponents. But yeah. I think as of now, they, they've still done enough to, to merit a shot. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I'm the same way. I think they're they're in. I mean, yeah, they haven't. They don't have any great wins outside of that big win on the road against Duke. I mean, it was a two point you know ball game, but. You know, obviously that's that's a big one. It, you you beat Duke. You know everybody looks at that as you know a quality win, and you know they shouldn't shouldn't take that away from from Miami. Um, but they do have you know a couple of, of kind of stinker losses. They got swept by Florida State, who more you know is probably not will not make the, the NCAA tournament. So right. you know just a couple of you know kind of bad losses there. But when it comes to you know quad wins, I mean quad one, they're four and one. Quad two, they're they're five and five, which is interesting. They they got a better record against quad one than they do quad two uh, opponents, and then you know quad three, they're eight and three, and then quad four, they're they're five and zero. Oh. But I think they've done done enough. They they've got enough volume of of wins to to get in there. Um, it just it'll be interesting to see where the committee ranks, you know, seeds them in this in this tournament. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I got Miami in as well. I think, you know, we kind of talk about that magic number being 20, 20 wins, and they're, they're at 22, and they're fourth in the ACC right mm-hmm. now. So I kind of I kind of got to agree with you guys and, and put Miami in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, next next uh, team, we got uh, Florida. Colton, tell me what you think. Is Florida getting in this year? Uh, yeah, so, you know, Florida Gators come in. They got a record overall record of 19 and 12, uh, 9 and 9 in the, in the SEC. And, I mean, for me, fellas – I got them. I got them out. Uh, they they do have a couple of big wins, a, a neutral site victory against Ohio State, who at that time was not was not ranked, um, and then a, a home win against you know a number two Auburn at, at that time. So they got a couple of big a big wins, but they got some bad losses too. They lost to a Maryland team who's uh, below five hundred at the moment. They lost to a Texas Southern team who's right around five hundred. Uh, their their quad one record two and nine. Um, and, and their quad two record four and two, quad three six and zero, oh, and their quad four is seven and one. So they they've beaten a lot of the teams Be- that they the teams are supposed, supposed to, be, supposed to yeah. beat. But 
You just don't have a ton of quality wins. So I, I think for them to get in, they're going to have to make some noise in the, in the SEC tournament and, and, and knock off some of those, you know, top, you know, top teams in the SEC. I agree. Uh, I got to agree with Colton. I got him as a no right now as well. Uh, two and seven against ranked teams. And they're sitting at eighth in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's, that's hard for me to te- put a team that's, you know, eighth in their conference in. Mm-hmm. Um, again, unless, like Colton said, they, you know, make a run, make a run in, the, in this tournament. And even then, I think they st- still will be, it'll be, it'll be close. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know. I think they've actually done enough to get in. I, I think it helps that they're a program that has some name recognition. Because mm-hmm, when, sure. when you're on that bubble and it's, if, you know, two you get teams the benefit that are of very comparable. You're going to get that benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and, and they're they're comparable to all these teams that we we've already said are in. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think they've done enough. I I think you know it will help to have a couple wins in their conference tournament. Yeah. But I I think as of right now, I think they're in. If they have a if they have a super early exit, mm-hmm. then then maybe that could spell doom for them. But right. I, I think a couple wins and yeah, right. very mm-hmm. good. All right, and the last one, uh, going out west with the BYU Cougars. Mm-hmm. Um, they're nine and six in their conference. 22 and 10 overall, um, fifth in the West Coast Conference. Um, they lost both games to the Zags by 26 points and 33 points. Mm-hmm. So Not they good. weren't competitive in either one of those. Right now, I gotta I gotta put BYU in a no. Mm-hmm. I think there will be three teams get in from the uh, West Coast Conference, but it's not going to be BYU. I got actually the team that's sitting in fourth, San Francisco, to get in as the third team from the West Coast Conference because uh, they, they beat the team that's in third, Santa Clara, twice in the season. So mm-hmm. they have identical records, but they beat Santa Clara twice. So mm-hmm. I got to give that third spot from the WCC to uh, to San Francisco and the BYU's on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, Matt, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm in agreement with that. I, 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 you know, I don't think BYU's getting in. They, they had kind of a disappointing exit from the, from the you know, Western Coast Conference, um, you know, tournament. They maybe needed to get probably to that, to the title game, maybe not win the title, but at least maybe make it there to really give them a, a good shot here. I mean, they, they only got a 9-6 and six record in a conference that's not going to get a ton of love just because right. there's not a lot of great opponents out there, um, you know, ranked ranked opponents and just, you know, tough opponents and things like that. So when the committee is comparing apples to apples, they're going to look at that and say, yeah, this team just doesn't have the wins against, you know, quality, quality opponents. And, and even amongst their own conference, they didn't even beat, you know, a lot of the, the good teams in their conference. They they beat a lot of the bad teams or the teams, you know, towards the bottom of the standings. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, you know, beating Gonzaga, beating St. Mary's, beating, you know, some of those other teams ahead of them, they just didn't, didn't do it. And so I, I just don't think that they're going to get a ton of love just because their conference is not, you know, is kind of weak and, and, you know, they – they didn't beat the top competition in their own in their own conference, so I got them. I got them out, and I, I don't think that they're gonna gonna make it. I mean, they have nothing else to prove now. I mean, since their no their their tournament yeah. is over, I, I really don't think that they're getting in. Yeah, I, I'm with both of you here. I mean, yeah, they got 22 wins on the season, but look at the opponents they played to get those 22 wins. Mm-hmm. It's not a spectacular schedule, mm-hmm. and you know, like you said, they they didn't show out against the top teams they did play. Gonzaga mm-hmm. beat the door off, doors off of them. And mm-hmm. just, I, I don't know, 22 wins sounds great. You look at it on paper and you're like, man, how is this not a tournament team? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're not getting five teams. The, the fifth team in the West Coast Conference <laughs> right. should yeah. not be getting in the tournament. Right, I agree. Right, right. I agree. absolutely. All right. 
Well, um, that's about all we got. I we, just we, got we did have one more story we were going to oh, talk yeah, yeah, about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt has one thing yeah, he has to I, I do, did on. some reading today. I thought it was a very interesting story about a Balmarine. They won the Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament over Jacksonville, but they won't be going dancing. They were denied their bid due to the NCAA rule that says you must be a D1, D1 team for five years prior to getting to play in the postseason. So they moved to the D1 Division One after the 2020 season from D2. So the, the team that's actually going to take the tournament bid is Jacksonville State, who won the regular season title. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't find this to be that fair of a rule. I, I don't see how it's an advantage to step up from D2 to D1 and why you have to wait success. five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah it, it's, it, it's, it doesn't make much sense to me. And then the team that they're giving the bid to, it, I don't know. I, Jacksonville was the team who was actually playing for the, for the tournament no, championship. So if you're going to – if you're going to disqualify a team, then I guess the, the runner-up should be the winner in my mind. So yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's just it – It would be interesting to hear why that rule was implemented yeah, to I, begin I actually, with. I actually got that right okay. here. Um, so I quote here the, the, you know, from the NCAA bylaws, if you will. It says, the resulting structure will ensure that reclassifying members are committed to the D1 philosophy and operating principles. In addition, this legislation will increase the likelihood that such institutions will operate successful, competitive programs at the D1 level. Now, I got to look at that, and I got to say, well, where in the where in those rules or where in those you know that statement does this team not you know compare to that? I mean, mm-hmm. the B operate successful, competitive program. They won their they division. Won the they won the league in in two years. I and mean, and they were. Th- they were third in in their conference throughout this, so it's not like they they just made some amazing run. Right, either. they just they were you know right got there. lucky, and here we are. Right. You know, they they've been pretty successful this this whole year. I mean, they were eleven and five in their own in their own conference, and a you know twenty and thirteen overall record. So I got to look at it and say like, can I? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen because it pretty much uh, everything I was reading is not going to happen. But can you make an exception to the rule? Like, I mean, it, it's one of those things that. I th- I think I I understand the flip side of it that the con- that the NCAA is worried that the only reason that maybe some of these Division two teams step up to D one is to get money. you know get the money or you know get kind of the publicity that comes with being a D one program. But then it's not an issue because they're not winning. Right. right. So the, I mean, this winning. rule makes no sense. What else yeah. do you judge a program by other than by wins and losses? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's so it, it it's yeah unfortunate. You know, I I don't I don't agree with the rule um i don't know that five years is is maybe that might be a little too a little bit of stretch yeah it might yeah. be too much maybe three years maybe i mean i know that doesn't help you know this school they they did it in two um but i think maybe shortening that time may might you know make people feel a little bit easy but yeah it's it's crazy and, and i i think that those that you know that wording or that verbiage can be you know up for interpretation um, and, and your heart's got to break for these kids you wonder if they knew that going in it, it, yeah. did they know going in if they won this thing that right. they weren't going to get to I, I would say in? probably not because I didn't even know that yeah. that was a thing well, I never I never heard of that yeah. you know and well very rarely do you see a team uh, do what they did do so what they did so yeah, yeah I guess that to me that you know but yeah to to penalize those kids for winning for winning yeah know, so. yeah all right, well, one quick snippet before Colton signs us out. NASCAR going to Phoenix, Major League Baseball going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and one last one last thing. Then we got uh, you know, like Dad said, the best time of the year is getting ready to come. You know, Selection Sunday is just around the corner. 
and then we're getting into you know our favorite topic on this show and that's that's March Madness so as a result uh, we will be having our our bracket challenge again like we did last year um, so you know the brackets will lock before you know the first the first games about you know a week from tonight you know a week from today about um, the, the brackets will lock in and so we're we're you know gonna have a bracket pool and, and give away some some prizes and things like that so uh, we're we're over on ESPN, I believe the the group name is uh, Fired Up, uh, comma Sports Podcast. But we'll put put information out there on our social medias on where you can sign up for that, and you know get the word out on, on where you can sign up for that, so you can get in. It's gonna be free free to enter. You know, no, you know, you don't have to pay it to, to get in. So you got. But there'll be know, some decent prizes up for grabs, right? And if I mean any since it's since it's free to enter, if you don't know anything about basketball, feel free to Pick join your it. Favorite you, color. That's usually the people that do the best. Right. Even the people that think that they know what they're talking about, usually the ones that don't do don't <laughs> do so well. Color, yeah. yeah. Pick, thinking it all goes to heck. Right. Pick, pick, with, yeah, pick with the best mascot or, you know, whichever team's for, you know, comes first in the alphabet, whatever, whatever you'd like to do. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll sign you out here. Um, you know, we're, we're going to come to you live again, you know, next Wednesday. So thanks for listening to fire it up with your hosts, Colton Cal, chief Rob Cal, Matt Gordon. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for, for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us hear us talk about here on the on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our on our social medias. Um, our Instagram handle is fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook at fired up comma sports podcast. Um, and, you know, and, uh, you can always head over to our to our website, which is fired up one dot podbean dot com, where you can find a lot of our past episodes and you know, a little information about the show and. You know, this episode and, you know, all of our past episodes you can find on pretty much any podcast platform that you can, you know, listen to a podcast, Apple, Google, Pandora, Spotify, you name it, we're, we're on it. So, you know, we appreciate you guys listening, and as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.